0: And if you would please turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 1. When we look at the Christmas season, we know that it is a time that is filled with things that are expected. Things like tradition. And things that are unexpected. Like maybe a gift that someone uh, will get you that you weren't planning for. And I think that's nice. That combination of things that that are unexpected and things that are expected. Some people don't like to be surprised. They like to know everything that's going on. Other people are so pleased with surprises. It just makes a memory that will last in their mind for years. But many of us, when it comes to bad surprises, nobody cares for us. Nobody likes it when something bad comes up and it surprises us, and we weren't sure what to do with that. There was a bad surprise that happened on a Christmas Day a few years ago in Australia. Wrapped underneath the Christmas tree was not a wonderful surprise present, but one lady on Christmas Day found wrapped underneath the Christmas tree a poisonous snake on Christmas Day. And she went and observed that snake wrapped up among the tinsel on the tree. She had to call the authorities and come and somehow save her Christmas Day. It was not a surprise that she enjoyed on that day. Nor would any of you, I would venture to guess. I hope you have a snake-free Christmas day this coming year. Well, we have things that are unexpected. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're good. We're going to look at the character of Joseph today, Jesus's stepfather, and we're going to look at the wonderful ministry that he had and some of the things that he went through because Joseph faced something very unexpected and something that no one would want to have to face. But God understands that Joseph is going to need some supernatural involvement in this situation. And that's exactly what God does. God gives involved. Joseph and Mary are dealing with an unexpected pregnancy. God is going to talk to both of them in two different ways and we'll talk about both of those because he knows exactly what is needed. They're going through a confusing time. Something that was very unexpected. And yet, when it came to being a follower of Jehovah, when it came to being a Jew, there were some things about the Messiah that Joseph and Mary did know. If they were able to look in the Jewish scriptures or uh, go through that teaching, there were some things that were very, very clear. They could look in the book of Isaiah and they could see that the coming deliverer that was promised was going to be born of a virgin. That was very clearly spelled out for them. They could also look in the book of Micah. And for you and I, it's been divided into chapters, Micah chapter 5. And they could see that the coming Redeemer would come from Bethlehem. And they could also see if they look in the history of their people in 2 Samuel chapter 7 is where we find it that the coming Redeemer would be a descendant from David. They can reverse back to the beginning of Genesis when sin came into the world and a snake came and met Eve and tricked her and she sinned and because of that, sin came into the world. But they can read just a few verses later how God promised that a Redeemer would come. So there could be fellowship once again between us and God. Even though we are sinful, God would make a way for that fellowship to be there. They would know some details about the coming Messiah. But in this instance, at the beginning of our time, Joseph is in a very confused state. He is not thinking about the coming Messiah. He is thinking about the situation that has been placed upon him, and he is not sure what to do with that. And so God gives Joseph this amazing dream. I want to read verses 18 through 25 of Matthew chapter 1. It says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, I personally have a hard time remembering my dreams. There are some people who can vividly tell you what their dreams were all about. But experts say that everybody dreams. It happens during a time in our sleep that they call REM, rapid eye movement. It's a deep part of our sleep. And as they have done some research on these, they find that the average person will have between three and five dreams per night. These dreams can last just a few seconds. They can last as long as 30 minutes. And sometimes the dreams that we have, maybe you have had this experience, will reflect something that's going on in your life. When we look at um, the dream here, there's something very special that God does. But this is not the first time that God would use a dream to get his message across to someone. We're very, very familiar with Father Abraham, the father of the Israelites, the father of our faith as well, if you follow Jesus Christ today. Abraham was given a dream that would tell him about that covenant that God was making with him, with his people. We know that God wonderfully used a dream when it came to the character of Jacob. Do you remember Jacob and Esau, those two fighting brothers? And the fighting got so bad at one point that Jacob had to run for his life. He was in danger. And as he was going, running for his life and going to find a wife, he went to sleep one night, used a stone as his pillow, and God gave him a dream. And that was that wonderful dream about Jacob's ladder, the angels descending and ascending. Now, if I I had to ask you, who's probably the most famous dreamer in the Bible, we wouldn't look at the New Testament character of Joseph, but we would look at the Old Testament character of Joseph. Joseph was called a dreamer. His brothers, when they took him and sold him into slavery, they said, let's see what will become of his dreams. I think Joseph might have been acting in a young and immature way when he told his brothers and even his dad that he had a dream that they're all going to bow down to him someday. Maybe not the best of We find Joseph in the New Testament in a place where he is facing something very, very difficult. And God, in his infinite wisdom, allows Joseph to have a dream to get just the right amount of information. And it's in God's timing. I find it very interesting that God had told Mary the same kind of information that he told Joseph. But Mary found out at a different time. She found out before she conceived. And it was also a different mode. Do you remember how Mary found out? The angel Gabriel appeared to her. He still said, fear not, because all angels have to say that, because we would respond uh, by being frightened by seeing an angel. But an angel appeared to Mary. But here God uses a dream. It's interesting, the variety in God's plan find very much recorded about Joseph. There's not a lot. You can look up in a concordance and his name just appears a a handful of times in the New Testament. We don't see him uh, very much in Jesus' Jesus' ministry. We don't find him at all. We do know he was there when he was growing up. This good man had nothing to do with Mary's pregnancy physically and yet he would be the one who would be responsible to raise Jesus to teach him what a man is supposed to be. But there's no doubt that Joseph is an important character for us. When we look at this dream, we can see a before, and a during, and an after. In Matthew 1, we find, first of all, the before. And this is what I think is fair to call a time of confusion. A time of confusion. Verses 18 and 19 talk about this. You need to understand that at this point, This man's man was heartbroken. He was engaged to this wonderful woman that he loved. He was looking forward to this wedding. And now he finds out that she's pregnant. Now he is going to have a choice, some things that he could do. Look at at the, the scripture there where it says, Before they came together, she was found to be with child. His world is turned upside down. He goes from planning a wedding to filing for divorce. We don't know how Joseph got the information. We're not told that in the Bible. But I'm sure he remembers the day that he found out that his fiance was pregnant. I'm sure he laid awake at night thinking about what he should do. He faces a choice now he had three options here first of all he could publicly shame her because she got pregnant on a wedlock there was something that he could do that would be very embarrassing for her maybe make it hard for her maybe some will think appropriately so if she's going and getting pregnant before she got married and so he had the option to publicly shame her now some of our minds will go back to the Old Testament where they might have the right to publicly stone Mary. At this point in God's word and in the children of Israel, they weren't there. Alright? I don't think Mary was in danger of being stoned to death, but still Joseph had the option of publicly shaming her. Next she had the option of just quietly calling off the marriage, but giving her a divorce. You see, the engagement process that they were in is much more involved than this today. And it would be a bit of a legal process to break this off. Usually, the agreement was made between parents of who was going to marry. And they were in this process where something had to be done, and a quiet divorce was one option. And then, of course, the final option was he could marry her. Well, Joseph decides on number two at this point before the dream. He's going to give her that uh, divorce. Look at verse 19. Being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph's life is wrecked. Either the woman that he loved got pregnant with somebody else before they got married, and that's going to be a huge problem for him. Or else he's going to continue on to get married and live his entire life with the stigma that this girl was pregnant when they got married, and it wasn't his. We know very little about Joseph. We know he was a carpenter. I am thinking that he cried. I think when he got this news, and we faced these decisions, I think he laid awake at night, and I think that he wept. He loved Mary, and this broke his heart. Mary had that advantage of finding out before she got pregnant. But Joseph faces a unique stress here, and so he has a decision to make. The Bible says, as he considered these things, and beautifully now, God is going to supernaturally get involved. God said, there's something extra that I need to do to help him along. And that takes us to our next time, and that's a time of clarity. We see that in verses 20 through 23. This is the dream. And a few different things we see about that clarity. First of all, as the angel speaks, he calls Joseph by name, but he also describes Joseph a little bit more. He says, Joseph, son of David. He brings up Joseph's heritage. And there's a reason for this. Because even though Joseph physically had nothing to do with Mary's pregnancy, now because of Joseph's family tree, Jesus would have legal right to the throne. And so in this dream, when the angel speaks to him, he talks about his family name. And then next, he gives him some direction. He says, do not fear. Now, he says specifically, do not fear to take Mary to be your wife. But I think along with that, when the angel appeared to him and says, you don't have to be afraid, I think there was a whole lot of fear that the angel could just squelch right there. The fear of a child that wasn't his that he's raising. The fear of the scandal that he lived with in his marriage. Or the fear of losing the woman that we know he loved, Mary. Literally, the text says, the fear that you're doing, stop it. You do not have to fear. Don't be afraid of either one of those. In fact, just go right ahead and take Mary to be your wife. I can remember before I got married, and even before I was engaged, uh, being frightened at one point, when I asked Tina to go out on a date with me for the very first time. We were friends together in a group. We had already spent a lot of time together. I knew I liked her. I was pretty sure she liked me. And I remember that point. We were at church, and it was in the basement of the church, and there was some kind of a a get-together going on at the college, the Bible college where we attended. And I wanted to ask her to go with me. And most of the women can't understand this, but the guys can, the butterflies that build up. Because the woman can give one of two answers, right? She can say yes, that's what we're going for, and she can also say no. Oh, what does that look like after? the butterflies, and the fear, and the concern. If I would have had an angel say, don't fear, go ahead and ask her out, she's going to say yes. In fact, she's going to say yes when you ask her to marry you. That would have took a lot of stress out of my life. But I had to go through that. I had to have the butterflies. Joseph's life was upside down, and he was miserable. But at this point, God says, I'm going to help you out. Do not fear to take her as your wife, and then he gives some explanation. Next, he says that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is the virgin birth. Now, if you have opportunity someday in heaven to go and talk to Joseph, don't say, "You know what? I've talked to people over the years. Nobody can figure out how that virgin birth thing worked. How did that go?" I don't understand. And if you were to ask Joseph, can you explain to me how that worked exactly? My guess is he'd tell you, no, I can't. And we struggle with that today, even though it's one of the foundations of our faith, that God did not come from man and woman, but God came from heaven and was born of a virgin. I don't think Joseph had any inside information that he could share with us, and yet he was told this, a message from God from an angel. And I can't explain the virgin birth. And you can't either. But we accept it. And it's part of our faith. And then next we find some instruction that's given. Instruction given for three different people. First of all, he says he gives an instruction for Mary. He says she's going to bear a son. And then he gives an instruction for Joseph. You will call his name Jesus. And then he gives an instruction for the child where it says, he will save his people. When you look at these three bits of instruction, Joseph got the easy part, didn't he? Didn't he? Mary has got to go through childbirth. Joseph, or Jesus, is going to have to save the world from their sins by dying on a cross. What does Joseph have to do? You just, you call his name Jesus. You don't even have to pick the name. I'm going to give you the name. But that's what you will do at this when I think of the white lines when I read my Bible there's those white lines between the ink what's not there what are some of the missing parts to the story I cannot help but think how much Joseph's love for Mary grew when he knew what she was going through she was the one that was being accused She was the one receiving dirty looks. She was in a difficult place. And I think he had to respect her and adore her as his wife all the more when she went through what she went through. And then finally, we find that he wakes up from the dream. We find a time of compliance or obedience. After the dream, and the dream was the easy part, right? The dream is the easy part. But now he wakes up, and he chooses option number three, he marries her. And so I think that Joseph would go and, and get married and just have a small private ceremony. Not the big slam-bang celebration like maybe they were looking forward to or that come with typical marriages. Small private ceremony. It says, when he awoke from his sleep. So look at the evolution of that. He was confused and in distress, and he went to sleep, and then when he had been given the stream, he woke up and he obeyed. And it's not that it wasn't difficult. It's not that he didn't live with a stigma at that point. It was not an easy road. But the reason why he could go through it so well is because Joseph Wonderfully had the word of God that would direct him and would guide him. The confidence that he could have because God said, this is your, this is what you're going to do. This is what I have for you. You and I had it a little bit easier today because I don't think that you're going to have an angel appear to you. Now, it could happen. In brightness, the angel could appear to you and give you some kind of a message, but it's not come. I don't think that you're going to have a dream that comes from God where the angel gives you a message necessarily, but we have something better. We have God's written word. You see, Joseph was able to move forward with confidence because he had the word of God. God assured him, this is what I want you to do. And you, even though it might not be easy, can move forward with confidence because we have God's word. As we take in God's word, as we put it into our mind and it works its way into our heart, and then it comes out of our mouth, comes through our hands, comes through our feet. We move forward, not that it's easy, but we move forward with confidence that we can do what God wants us to do because God is clear. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. You and I are sinners. When we look back at sin coming into this world, and that snake that met Eve at the tree, we understand that very soon God said, I'm going to make a way to fix this. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus Christ left heaven, took on a human body, Walked in this world, trained disciples, performed miracles. It us the best teaching that you're going to find anywhere. But the most important work that Jesus Christ did was he died on the cross for forgiveness. Ask him to make you his son or his daughter. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And after that, the Holy Spirit teaches us as we study his word. After that, it's not easy, but we move forward with confidence. Just like Joseph moved forward with confidence, he took his pregnant wife and helped her along. And that baby was born, as we saw, in Bethlehem. And he did what he could to influence Jesus, and it was not easy. But he did it, because he had a confidence that he was doing what God wanted him to do. I understand the desire for you to want God to give us a dream that clearly tells us what to do. But well, he doesn't write his will in the sky for us. He doesn't drop a note for us to read. God allows us to be in his word so we can know him. So we so we can do exactly what he wants us to do. And when we are doing that, God is folding us in to be part of this amazing story. I praise the Lord for Joseph. I praise the Lord that he woke up from that dream and he obeyed. And I praise the Lord for so many of you that you're tender to what God is telling you and you're faithful to obey so that you can be a part of God's amazing story. Let's bow Heavenly Father, thank you that you use us. We thank you for the mind of Jesus Christ when He went to the cross. I thank you that my sins were covered. And I thank you that everyone hearing this message today, their sins were covered on the cross. We praise you for the invitation, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we thank you that your forgiveness can be applied to any man and any woman. With heads bowed and eyes closed and looking around, I want to give you a chance to pray while the panel plays. A couple topics that I'll suggest. First of all, if you're here today and you've never really accepted Christ as your Savior, you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, you're not sure you're a child of God, you can ask God for forgiveness today. The Bible says he will forgive you and make you his own. Do that even now if you've never done it before. Maybe some of you are facing some difficulty in your life, not sure what to do. I don't think you're going to get a dream like Joseph God or... The angel gave her all Mary God. But God's given us his word, he's given us the Holy Spirit to guide us. Take just a moment. Pray about what might be heavy on you and cause you stress. Allow God to do what he's promised to do. Never leave you over the same, or forsake you. Give you wisdom.